0: Hello and welcome to The Untold Tales of Strangers. In this episode, I talk to Heinrich Harris about his love for South Africa, politics and why we should be curious to be world-class citizens. This happened over a warm meal of goulash and spatula. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello everyone. Today we are starting with my very first podcast, uh, The Untold Tales of Strangers yeah for this first very first episode, I have my very good friend Heinrich Hiris here, so welcome Heinrich. Thank you for joining me.
1: Hi, Jimmy. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be the first guest, and yes. I'm really looking forward to the conversation we're going to have today.
0: yeah, we're both a bit stressed for some reason, although we know each other for years. <laughs> we're sitting here and we kinda um yeah, we're kind of trying the plug and play method of podcasting.
1: yeah, we had to build ourselves up a bit <laughs> yeah before we started.
0: So two glasses of wine later. Yeah, we are. I don't know if I feel much better. Heinrich, why don't we just jump right in and let's talk about cool. the recipe first. Um, why, because I suck at pronouncing it. Um, trust me, I've tried it so many times and you've laughed so many times at me. Yeah,
1: we had some fun with that, didn't we? Yeah,
0: um, I will try to pronounce it just for, for fun. Okay. Um, but you tell me first, what, what did I have to make for you?
1: Okay, so today for lunch, very special treat. We had some Hungarian goulash. And some German Spätzle.
0: Okay, so with the first thing, I say goulash, and I've been <laughs> reprimanded a few times. <laughs> you said know? it in a very British way. I, I must know, say, well, goulash
1: it sounds it sounds fancier than goulash. I, I
0: know think. we need to fancy things up. Exactly, the celebrate so, the ordinary. Goulash. Um, I don't even know if that was right. That's that's good. Um, very good. And the second thing is is. <laughs> yeah. I struggle. I can't even say "shushu" correctly,
1: <laughs> so I struggle with that.
0: But um, yeah, you get you get the drift. So it's basically a mix and match of recipes, kind of because yeah. the goulash is from the Hungarian side or is your descendant, the yeah, Hungarian kind of thing. Yeah, and the speckler is more of a you can't see this, but Heinrich keeps smiling each time I say it. Um, I'm is, giving you thumbs up too. To, it's <laughs> from the German kind of like side of things and it's kind of like a mix and match of the two cultures, if I'm correct.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100% correct. Yeah, so goulash is the Hungarian national dish um, and and spätzle is, it's not the German national dish, but it is a German dish. It's a German type of, I don't think we explained it, but it's a German like noodle
0: yeah, like a dumpling kind yeah. of They call it like egg dumplings, basically. Yeah, it's which, like a
1: cross between a noodle and a dumpling, I'd say. Like a small little dumpling. Yeah.
0: Um, Spetula actually means little sparrow. So, they don't have it. And it kind of looks like little sparrows. It if does. You, if you, so yeah. I think that's where it came from. And I read a bit about it. Um, the, the earliest traces they can find of it is in the 18th century. Yeah, and as we said, it's a, kind of like a pasta... Um, egg noodle dumpling kind of thing. So, yeah, some
1: other hybrid. Yeah, so you mix eggs,
0: that. eggs, and flour, and a few other ingredients. And then you, well, you get a special maker for it, you, which yeah. you can use, but we use the colander. We just use the
1: colander, yeah.
0: Which was not the best thing to do. <laughs> was,
1: it was a lot of effort. Let's just say I don't have to go to the gym today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely,
0: definitely. And then um, with the goulash, it's that can be traced back up into the 19th century. very interesting story where it started out it's usually people who looked after sheep so they would make it yes Mm -hmm. make it dry it out in the sun then that dried out dish they would put into a sheep's stomach and take it into the field and to when they would want to eat it so that would kind of preserve it and if they want to eat it they would just add water to basically rejuvenate it if that's if you can say that so that's it started
1: yeah that's correct and it's I mean, nowadays, obviously, it's not served like that anymore. It's more uh, a stew. In Hungary, actually, it's a, it's served as a as a soup most yeah, of the soup time. Soup slash stew. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and it's... Basically, what it is, is it's usually strips of or cubes of beef with some um, red or green pepper added to it. Yeah. Loads and loads of paprika. So, for those who don't know, paprika is actually a Hungarian word, which is... Equivalent to like dried up pepper. Um, And so basically you cook all this together with some tomato, some tomato puree, put it in the oven for a while so everything becomes nice and tender and you serve it with some sour cream. So sour cream is also very stereotypically Hungarian. Yeah. They serve it on a lot of their dishes, goulash being the prime example, but Basically, when you go to Hungary, it's everywhere, they put it on everything, they're obsessed with it, and like you said to me, it actually made the dish.
0: I must say, it really made the dish today. So, um, I think what was interesting about this, whereas in traditional kind of stews, you would kind of, when you, once you want to seal the meat, you would use flour, you would dip it in flour and then seal it kind of that way. Yeah. Whereas in this way, I I found it actually very surprising, you just use olive oil. So, that was very interesting. I didn't, well, I thought it's just your mom. We'll get to, because this was actually your mom's recipe. We'll get to yes. that right now. I thought it was just your mom's way. But when I read up about it a bit more, I saw everyone says that's one of the things. That and the paprika is kind of what distinguishes from a traditional from a, kind of stew, which yeah, like we tomatoes, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. Why did you choose this recipe?
1: So, as you already alluded to, it's my mom's recipe. We actually ate it a lot while I was growing up. It was a staple dish in our house. I would say at least once or every once a week every two weeks we ate it because I mean this is not the primary reason but my grandfather is or was Hungarian so my mom's dad is a Hungarian he arrived in South Africa as a teenage boy as as a refugee actually from he escaped what was the Hungarian revolution in 1956 that's when he arrived in in South Africa and so he met my grandmother, my mom's mom, in in South Africa, and they married. And it's a cultural thing. I've yeah. always known it. I've always grown up with it. Paprika and dishes like goulash are a cornerstone of of my family life. Yeah, it's something yeah. we we all love, know and love.
0: As you mentioned before, it's quite interesting because you said it was like a staple. Yeah, you had it weekly, whereas I can't exactly. I, I think we had this conversation while cooking. I remember having it as a kid and also growing up but not that yeah. frequently um, whereas you say you had it more more frequently. Yeah
1: we would literally have it I think every other week.
0: <laughs> okay Yeah. well well that's great so it reminds you of your childhood that's why you chose it and also yes. your, your heritage is then the other side is partly German if I'm correct.
1: Yes so leading into the Spätzle side of the dish so my dad was a German um, who was born in South Africa but my both his mom and his dad, so my grandparents, came from Germany. Very stereotypically, stereotypically German. They arrived in South Africa. I can't tell you the exact year, but sort of after the Second World War to come and to go and look for new opportunities. Yeah. And so it's also to come back to Spätzle. It's one of the things that we also grew up with. I must say, not as much as goulash, because as you saw today, uh, Jimmy, it's quite. It's easy to make but it's a, it requires a bit of elbow grease. So Yeah, it takes time. <laughs> yeah, it takes some time. Um but we we also used to eat it growing up. It would it was more reserved as a speciality type of thing because it's quite difficult to make and even quite difficult to get a to get a hold of yes, the yes. ready-made ones. So we'd have it maybe like at Easter times or Christmas even growing up and my my grandmother would prepare it for us. Yeah, it's um, along like kind of, some other German dishes.
0: Yeah, I can kind of see the appeal of it in the sense of like saying we're going to have like little sparrows, like for, yeah. for kids especially. So I can see why it's like a speciality. I find it so interesting that you know so much about your heritage. Um, I think because if I if I go look at my heritage, I can only trace it back to a certain point. Yeah. Whereas I mean, I don't even know at what age my granddad or anything came into the country or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's very interesting. You recently visited Budapest and Hungary and then you actually met a cousin there Um, how was that just maybe talk about that experience and Uh, how did it play out how did you talk to each other or meet each other up yeah things like that
1: so very very interesting my yeah my grandfather was actually one of six kids and he was the only one who left the country so he was the only one living in South Africa the rest of them all lived in Hungary and had You know, kids and grandkids and so on. So I have quite a large extended family actually living in and around Budapest. And some of them are actually my age because they're... So it's actually my second cousin that I met. I don't know why, but for some reason I always had this one particular second cousin on Facebook for the longest time, I think since I've had Facebook. And we we chatted now and then, just sent each other a message, just like try to get to know each other. But yeah, when I decided to go and visit Budapest, I just thought, I mean, now is the perfect time. I don't know them. I've never really met them. But why not get into contact with with that side of my family? Yeah, know, just get to know them a bit better. So it was a really interesting experience. She's so nice. Her name is Amy. So she's actually a doctor. She lives in okay. in Budapest. She's lived there her whole life. I mean, we didn't get to spend a lot of time with each other, but caught up a couple of hours. Talked a bit about our families, how people have been doing. So my gran- my grandfather's sister actually still lives in Budapest. The only relative still living. So I think actually next time I go back, I'll make a point of trying to go visit her because for me that would be quite definitely a, quite a cool connection to have.
0: Okay, okay. So let's get back to the recipe. So we talked about where it's yeah. from yeah okay so i mentioned before as well i don't even want to say how how does mine compare to your mom's because although it is her (laughs) recipe that wouldn't be fair because i would always lose in that battle doesn't matter if i even if i imported from a hungarian person who made it um you would still say your mom's better but i mean let's uh, what we had today what what was different what was good were there certain things that was different or maybe better in some way or that you missed or yeah just just talk me talk me through what what you felt about it yeah and i'm not fishing for compliments (laughs) (laughs) the
1: the whole experience no it was really good it uh, hung uh goulash in general is a very hearty wholesome meal and i feel like that's what we've achieved today it was really wholesome it just felt Mm -hmm. very comforting compare it to my mom's i think the taste was definitely there it's very similar in taste i think we got enough paprika in there Mm -hmm. it helped that we had real hungarian paprika i think yeah it was it was really really good i think it hit all the all the spots even with the spitzler which we you know when you were making it you thought maybe the dough is a bit too thick yeah um so it was a bit of a struggle but i think it turned out really well and i I don't know, it hit all the spots for me. It did make me feel like I was back home. Yeah, and well, especially the smell hanging around in the kitchen, was, it was great.
0: I must say, I also enjoyed making it and from my side, um, having spatula for the first time, it was really good. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Once again, as I mentioned before, I, I could see the appeal to it for little kids or just like as a special occasion. Yes. And today in the UK is actually quite a nice day. It is a bit windy. But um it, the sun was out and all the kind of things, but I can see how this on a like cold winter's night oh, yeah. um with a glass of wine can be very, very good and homey and hearty and can just warm you right up. And the paprika was also very good. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, so so I really also enjoyed it and I'm glad you, you picked that recipe. It was something new for me as well to experience. I'm glad I'm glad you also enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. So talking about wine. Um, oh, yeah. I also obviously ask guests. Well, that's the plan. Although you're the first one, I'm talking as if this is the fifth hundred episode. episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I ask you to bring a wine of your choice. Yeah. If you maybe want to expand what the wine is, why you chose that. Oh yeah. Um, not that. Well, I'm not a connoisseur about wines, but I think it's yeah, always not... good. Well, I I love wine, and I think it's good. Let's just talk about it. Maybe someone someone can also pick it up somewhere and have a taste. So oh, why yeah. did you choose this, and which one did you choose?
1: Okay, so, coincidentally, the wine is actually from South Africa. So I think that rounds out the meal quite nicely, actually, is that we had some Hungarian goulash, some German spätzle, some South African wine, so quite true to my heritage. But it's, it's a honeycomb, the wine's name is honeycomb, Chardonnay. And, yeah, it's from South Africa. And I also wouldn't say I'm a wine connoisseur or anything, but it's a very nice it's an easy drinking wine it's yeah. a white wine obviously yeah and i i just bought it at the local m&s it was eight pounds so it's about 160 rand yeah. a bottle so not it's quite a decently priced wine perhaps not the best for a goulash in that it was a white wine yeah probably should have a red
0: i actually just wanted to comment on that i was thinking like once again if it was a wintry night a nice exactly. red a dry red would have been nice but i mean yeah I always say I never used to like white wine and then at one point in the summer I started having white wine it really yeah. just refreshes everything so I think that also adds another element of the South African sunniness to it like, exactly. and it is a quite a warm day in yeah. England so it's nice and sunny outside again, as you said
1: yeah and we had a nice chilled glass of wine with some ice cubes in it it just I felt it was really refreshing just
0: that that Gets us started on the recipe and everything but let's quickly talk about um you like who are you let's let's maybe i mean we've had all of this (laughs) literally went into your heritage but we don't even know you yet well i know you kind of but um yeah yeah tell like what would you say about yourself what do you like who you are if you had to introduce yourself to someone what would you say
1: yeah now i'm thinking of that meme again that you (laughs) sent me earlier this afternoon where if someone asks you ...to describe yourself suddenly, it feels like you haven't done anything yeah, with your life. I don't know who I am. Um, yeah, so, as everyone knows, my name is Heinrich. For the UK audience, I'd say Heinrich, because <laughs> it's a bit easier to pronounce. So, I'm 27 years old. I was born in South Africa, in a town called Valkorm in the middle of the Free State. I studied in Poch, at the Northwest University... Where I studied chartered accounting. Mm-hmm. So I was there for five years, actually did my master's too while I was there and then moved to Johannesburg where I finished my articles at one of the firms there, one of the large firms. Now I'm in the UK for since March 2019, so since last year, and actually also through work. So I've always had this idea growing, well, not growing up, but when I started studying that I want to do a secondment in another Mm -hmm. country yeah here I am so I I decided to come to the UK to well not to St. Albans specifically but this is where we are at the moment yeah and a bit something else about me I really enjoy reading I think I read quite a quite a fair bit I am quite into at least in the UK into volunteering do quite a fair bit of that Mm -hmm. personally I would say I i love learning i'm always someone learning something new whether that be history languages geography i think i'm a bit of a geography nerd actually yeah there's something like 197 countries on earth and i think i can name like 195 of them (laughs) so just to put that out there i really love traveling too that's also one of the big reasons why i am actually in the uk it's just i wanted a bit of a ...different experience in that regard, you can... ...it's much easier to travel from London to Europe... ...and explore that than it is from South Africa. I mean, you yourself know South Africa is far away from everything. Yeah,
0: and it's also much more expensive. Very expensive
1: (laughs) to travel from South Africa. So, yeah, I've done quite a fair bit of that over the past while, pre-corona.
0: Yeah.
1: I also really love food, love eating. This is, I think, a common thing in our friendship too, we always... You're always cooking up something, we're eating, we're frying chicken together. Yeah,
0: I always get scolded for going overboard. But um, <laughs> it, I always get scolded beforehand for going overboard when the food's on the table. There's, you no, don't complaints There's no complaints <laughs> there.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I also, I'm really passionate about South Africa too. Uh, if you know me, you know that I can, drop, I can talk about South Africa at the drop of the hat, about any topic. I'm really passionate about a whole spectrum of things about it. Yeah, I think that's basically the things that. Yeah, I definitely. To and
0: on the on the last thing you mentioned is actually why I thought would be a good thing to talk about, and it brings us to the next section, which I th- I feel we should um, celebrate your life because I feel yeah. you're one of, and I kind of I'm getting goosebumps. I don't know if it's just about you or if it's just about um, South Africa, but you're one of the few people I know who is very patriotic. And if I say patriotic, usually I think you know the typical white American man. Yeah, <laughs> like, very like Or just like, yeah, cringy, just copy-paste it to South Africa, just take South Africa and change it, well, take America and change it to South Africa. That kind of rugby and bultong and not that all those things are bad. Yeah, not, but I not mean, at all. But... Yeah, but I mean, that's usually what I see when I think of someone who's patriotic. But mm-hmm. I must say, and I can say this with all honesty, you're one of the few people I know who has a very because I, I wouldn't say I'm very well, since I lived here I, I'm very patriotic towards South Africa. I, I think that happens too. You become yeah. more patriotic when you
1: when yeah. you get here.
0: Ever since I know you you've been very patriotic in a good way. And I think when we when we spoken about this podcast and the ideas we threw around, I mentioned it as a healthy kind of patriotism to an extent yeah. and i must say and um, that's a compliment to use you you find a very nice balance where if you have conversations with someone and we're talking about south africa you can honestly say yes south africa has these kind of weaknesses but also look at this this and this but also and also taking into account x y and z this is why we might have these weaknesses and you kind of have this whole plan figured out how yeah, we can that's improve the thing. it I always,
1: I always have a plan yeah
0: <laughs> so um Let's, let's start off simple then. Okay. Why is South Africa great? Very shortly, not too long, in three or four sentences. Why is South Africa great?
1: South Africa is great because it's diverse. And I don't just mean people diverse. I even mean landscape diverse. It's one of the few countries where in its size you can have anything from forests to deserts to beautiful beaches, mountains. But also just in terms of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, so people say London is diverse and I agree with that but London only has become diverse in the past 30 or 40 years as mm-hmm. it's opened up to to the world but yeah. South Africa has always been diverse and there's not one sub-sector of South Africa that is the same yeah. even if and I'm just talking from my own perspective because that's I think the best way to talk about even if you look at Afrikaans people within that it's, it's so diverse in terms yeah. of the Different subcultures, yeah. So that's what's great is the diversity, and I just think, despite all its challenges, what South Africa has managed to achieve as a country sticks out for me. In that, things have gotten gone bad in the past, but we've always managed to choose the better option. Yeah, within ourselves, managed to pull ourselves up and choose the better option. And I just think it for me at the end of the day, it's home. We've talked a bit about fitting in. Mm -hmm. It's been a bit difficult for us in the past. But at the end of the day, I feel South African. I do not feel European, despite having these European European roots that are very new compared to, I think, what other white South Africans would experience. I feel South African. And I feel like South Africa is a place that welcomed my family and gave them a home when they were searching for one.
0: The next thing I want to talk about is then misconceptions of South Africa. Because... Obviously um the first thing that someone would say, let's say someone who hasn't been there before, let's say I'm from South Africa, they would immediately say, Oh, but isn't it dangerous? Yeah. I think despite the diversity, which is great, and I think because I'm um as you know, I'm from the Kruger National Park and I don't know Mm -hmm. how many buy homes you get in nature, but I think we I can't remember, I will I will Google fact check that somewhere. Hey, hello. Editing Jimmy here. Sorry for interrupting the conversation. There are different ways of looking at biomes. Some websites say they are 12, where others say they are 11. Kruger National Park has distinct biomes, however, generally can be considered savannah. Cool. Okay. Now that that's out of the way, let's get back to the conversation. But I think we have four or five of them. I think there's seven, and I think we have four or five of them in Kruger. So, yes. I mean, that shows diversity on the other level, as you said. Yes. But obviously... It's dangerous. Let's talk about the misconceptions yeah. and how we can... What What's our counter argument for that? Or or maybe let's just talk about the misconceptions there of, of South Africa and, and how we should talk about it. And I think mm. firstly, let's talk about if it's dangerous. And I usually say to people, I think I've been walking around in London sometimes not knowing where I am. And mm. I think if I had to say to someone in London, oh, I went to x i don't know where because i don't know because i'm oblivious to these kind of things people would yes. be like oh, i don't think you should That's be not walking the best around there. neighborhood yeah whereas and i think the same things happens in south africa yes there is definitely dangerous spots yeah but 100%. everything like you're not going to get out and immediately get mugged um yeah so yeah maybe you can elaborate on, on on that a bit
1: yeah so i think it really touches to your point of i really try and be a healthy patriot in a sense that I acknowledge what's really good about it but I don't try and sweep under the carpet the bad shit Um, because it is true that there are these negative things about South Africa and I mean, a way to address it and a way for us to fix it even though we feel like these things have been going on for a while is to talk about it and to be open about it and yes, what you're saying is very true when I tell someone I'm I'm from South Africa they're one of two things that pop up one is, oh, it's really dangerous and it's really violent. And two, oh, it's racist. Mm. You know, there's these, there's still these misconceptions about the past and about apartheid and all that. And, I mean, I'm not going to try and gloss over those. I think there is definitely violence in South Africa and there's definitely racism. But what I just take exception to is the fact that we... why do we label a place as one thing why is there a single story for a country why is South Africa racist and violent and that's it Mm. for me personally I feel like that's a layer to the South African cake we've got all these different layers to it and one of it is maybe yes distasteful and the fact that it's violent but then we also have these other things to it like the fact that it's really beautiful like you Mm. said we've got all these different biomes in fact touching on that we've got we're, one of the, we're the only country in the world that has a floral kingdom entirely within its borders, in the Cape, the mm. Cape floral kingdom. So stuff like that. We are one of the few African countries to not have a coup d'etat, to, not, to transition to democracy without, without breaking out into a civil war. Yeah. We have the most liberal constitution on the planet. Things that other people are doing now that is celebrated. South Africa has done 10, 20, 30 years ago. So that's, that's my whole point, it's just that there's these nuances to it. Yes, to talk about the crime, we have to touch on that. There is a lot of that happening. And I hate to say it, but and I hate to bring statistics into it, because statistics don't take away from the fact that if this has happened to someone, that mm. someone has been the victim of a crime. Yeah. But if you're going to South Africa as a tourist, the chances of something happen to you, happening to you are not very high. Mm. That being said, obviously it's, it's in pockets of other areas in the country and it's usually the more underdeveloped areas, the more, um, what can you say, rural areas mm-hmm. where this sort of thing is is more prevalent. Yeah. But as a tourist, if you're going to the Kruger Park, if you're going to Cape Town, to Table Mountain, I don't think anything is going to happen to you. So I wouldn't let it deter me from going. Yeah. Of course, you need to be mindful if you are walking in a big city, like you said, even in London, you, yeah. you know, careful of like what's going on in your pockets. and.
0: I mean, it's like going to Italy, people saying, um, be careful of the gypsies yeah. or whatever. Yeah, um, or if you
1: go to the south of Italy, people always say, be careful, it's very dangerous in Napoli. Yeah, you know, so
0: for, I think it's the same thing and it's just to be mindful and to be aware um not to sound like boris johnson with his new coronavirus <laughs> sort um, of yeah. <laughs> stay, stay alert but i mean um i think it's important to to take these things as if you're going to any kind of country yes into account and i always sometimes the misconceptions of south africa out there i think people think we really and don't get me wrong obviously there are loads of areas that's still very underdeveloped yeah but i mean i think people think it's like I think sometimes people in the, from, from a Western kind of culture really sees the thing where we are raising money for kids, for, for the orphans in Africa. Yeah, I think they kind that's... of copy and paste that mentality and think we're very rural and very backward, if, if, that's, if that's a thing. And I, and I think yeah. it's so wrong. And I kind of want to challenge people to yes, come visit definitely. South Africa Oh yeah, um, and, and see it for themselves. And I think with so many people who I talked to recently, I would tell them... South Africa would blow your mind if you, just, if you oh, can just give it a chance. Yeah, And I mean, if you, if you don't want to believe us, I mean, just Google South Africa. If you really want to Google, Google. Go on
1: go to culture, culture Trip yeah. for the young ones out there. Probably know what it is. Type in South Africa and just look at the first like, couple of articles that pop up. They are amazing. Just like aesthetically, I think the country will blow your mind. It's gorgeous. Or just type in South Africa
0: You're just in, in Google Images. Type in Cape I mean, Town and yeah. then go
1: into Google Images. You, I don't even say anything else. Yeah. But yes, I, I do think it's so important to challenge the narrative that's out there. Also, just in terms of the education about Africa in general. Because I've also had this so many times happen to me here where if someone asks me, oh, where are you from? And I say South Africa. And they tell me, oh, I've been to Uganda. Like, congratulations, but I mean, <laughs> it's, it's quite area. irrelevant. It's like if someone from the UK introduces themselves, says, I'm from Scotland, and me saying, well, I've been to Italy. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. And I think that's the misconception people have about Africa is that, oh, it's all the same. Yeah. Whereas it's so extremely diverse. South Africa is extremely diverse, not even to talk about African Africa, Because I think
0: that's how the other, like, I mean, the the continent itself is also it's, amazing. It's like, amazing, I
1: think... yes. And I don't think I can even touch on it because I don't know enough, but it's it, it will blow your mind. Yeah. Yeah, and, and coming back to, to South Africa, I just, I think there are few countries, if I have to work for the South African Tourism Board, and I'm trying to sell the listeners now as why they should mm. go, I think there are really few countries that can offer you such a well-rounded experience in terms of culture, the, the just the various types of people you'll get to meet while you're there, in terms of the landscape, the different sites you'll see. I mean, start in the Kruger and work your way down to Cape Town and it's completely opposite worlds. Yeah. Um and also just I think we didn't touch on this but we always talk about this, the food. The food oh my gosh. is so good. It's just <laughs> bomb like Exactly. The food South African food is just on another level.
0: Yeah, just give it like give any recipe to South African to jazz up and you'll and it will have get... a very good experience.
1: And I think that sums it up so well. It's just that we take we take things from all parts of the world and we jazz it up and we make it this unique South African
0: Yeah, it's very innovative. Like I mean the thing that's the thing about South Africa, we are innovative with business. I mean 100%. Like, with the coronavirus thing. I mean we weren't even Two weeks into the pandemic, and people have already started making masks from nice, yeah. special material. And I mean, exactly because I mean, if we're going to do, if we're going to wear this hideous thing around our faces, at Might least we need well. fashionable. So um, yeah, I think yeah, I, I we should we should. take I'm not bursting out into tears of of longing toward
1: like to home, longing for home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but and I mean, also, I mean, that's not saying anything about the UK at all. It's just I just feel like there is so much space for south africa just to shine and for it to be acknowledged for something other than the usual narrative of racism and violence because yeah. there is so much more to it
0: definitely definitely okay so let's maybe um before i move on to the next question then um maybe rather difficult question what's your favorite place in south africa and why
1: yeah i mean that's a very difficult question but i, th- I Maybe if I can answer it twofold. fold yeah. So, obviously, home would always be the best. I mean, and I mean, I come from Valcom. <laughs> so, for those of you listening to this podcast and know, and have passed through Valcom recently... Maybe
0: don't Google that.
1: Maybe Yeah, don't Google <laughs> Valcom. But it's... Yeah, it's, it's an interesting town. But I mean, my, I'm talking specifically about my mom's house. That will always be my... Like, come on, it would be my favorite place. Yeah. But secondly, I'd probably say... In the Karoo area of South Africa, oh, I agree. Ah, <laughs> uh, so beautiful! And specifically, we we used to go on holiday quite often to an area called the Hamkasklerv mm-hmm. Bihal. which is just what I, what appeals to me about it is just the landscape. I think is unlike a lot of other places you can see in the world, and just the the plants that grow there are all like proteas and that sort of thing which is very south african um and it's just beautiful and it's secluded and the stars that you can see from there yeah amazing it's the best it's the best so that's probably my second favorite but i i mean followed by that or a whole bunch of other places which i would mention if i could
0: yeah i must say um the guru is also like one of my all-time favorite places yeah. if not also my favorite i'm trying to think um i mean i have a Huge love for Cape Town. Obviously, Cape Town once again, obviously
1: is amazing. Kruger is amazing. Yes.
0: Um, even Durban, Johannesburg has very I, nice places. I mean, I,
1: I can talk, we can do an episode <laughs> just about Johannesburg and how much I love it. I'll get um, you back at one point. If, if, <laughs> if special... I can't
0: find anyone else, we'll, we'll, we'll okay. get you back. I think, yeah, so, but definitely the Karoo I think the Afrikaans saying is the Fokul <laughs> Grunetso which translates to nothing grows there, but basically it says bugger all, but with a very bad word. But it's just amazing and it just it's feels just, so open and yeah, free. Exactly. And I think that's what I what I like about it. I think they
1: always refer to it as big sky country too. Mm. It's it feels it literally feels like the sky is touching the earth. Yeah. And it's so open. I mean it's there's nothing around you for hundreds of kilometers. And it feels like somewhere where your soul can just go and just rest.
0: Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. So as we're talking obviously um, people who're listening to this or just in this conversation, we can both immediately hear that we are both very patriotic and love South yeah. Africa. So, why do you think is it, is it is it a good thing to be patriotic?
1: Oh, well, quite a curveball. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think it's it's how it's good to be patriotic if it's a healthy sort of patriotism. If you are someone who works ab- about your opinion, if that makes sense, so. I I always think we should challenge what we know to be true and what we know what we've even been taught growing up because it's not always true and it does sometimes we sh- we look at stuff with rose tinted glasses just because of the environment we grew up or grew up in or because that's what we've been told so I sort of feel if you can take your love for something your love for a country which mm. is what it is in this case and you can work You can go read up articles about it and you can listen to talks about it and back it up with a healthy sense of fact I think it is healthy and I think it is good to be a patriot because at the end of the day I feel like I do have a passion for South Africa and I I'd really want to someday be able to give something back to South Africa Mm -hmm. to make a difference in a real tangible way and I feel like that's why it is good because if i didn't love south africa i wouldn't want to do that you know yeah at the end of the day i just feel like it it has given me so much as a person that i'd want to return the favor but as i touched on already that's not like brushing over the negative shit it's acknowledging that it's there but dealing with it
0: yeah yeah definitely so what's interesting about this i think if you meant, if you think about being patriotic it sometimes goes hand in hand with politics in the oh, sense yes. of people being brainwashed or yes. like propaganda or things like that. So how can we steer clear from that to not be brainwashed in a way with politicians? I mean, certain people yeah. saying, let's make America great again, yeah, and so, things like that. Uh, so,
1: Yeah, to touch on, I mean, what you said, that's the sort of patriotism I would say, which isn't helpful because if you look at Certain Americans and how they support their country, I don't always think it is good because they are of the opinion that America is the best, whether it be in healthcare, in education, and statistically, you know, it isn't. Um, and that's, well, your question is how can you make sure that you're a healthy, that you have a healthy sense of patriotism? And I just think in today's day and age, It's not difficult. We all have Google Mm. at our fingertips. Just go and read about stuff. Go and Google... For example, in South Africa last month we celebrated uh, Youth Day. Mm. Go and read up about it. Like, have that... I always think I've got a bit of an inquisitive mind. So, we celebrate Youth Day. But what's the reason behind it? Google it. Go read up a bit about it. If you're not one who likes to read, type it into YouTube. The... uh, Some other thing will pop up, which will give you a bit of background. But I think just educate yourself, and to touch on that, make sure that you're educating yourself outside of the stream of news and viewpoints that you always are aware of. Yeah. So if you're always reading the Bealt as an example, and I've probably upset a whole bunch of people anyway now just by saying lost all my listening, lost all your (laughs) listening. But then try and read Mail and Guardian try and read and this is from a south african perspective but in the uk if you're always reading the daily mail try and read the guardian a bit you know be open to listening to other people's opinions doesn't mean you have to accept it but having that bit of inquisitiveness and being open towards listening to what other people have to say i think just rounds you so much more as as a patriot
0: and also just as a person as, as a person like person in, in, yeah. in the in the school of life becoming a global citizen i think is, is such a is such a good idea i think it's actually one of my questions was um if you don't like enjoy reading or not really inquisitive at all yeah. what should you start doing i think it's just start challenging yourself in a in a normal way whether it's around the the fresh feed, or the barbecue whichever you are or dinner table yeah. and just being, You don't have to be the person who, who has the answers, but just basically training your brain to ask questions yeah. and in a very, very humble way. You don't have to you pick a fight say, or anything. You can yeah. just maybe say to someone, why do you why? say that or... Um, please explain this to me. Yeah. Not to show them they're wrong or because you think they're wrong but just get the conversations going and I think that's the important thing for me in this kind of thing. 100%. Sorry, I'm, I'm now answering the question for you. No, no. But um, <laughs> start having the conversations. Yeah, don't just be talk. afraid. I mean, even if you say, how do you feel about racism or how do you feel about and if then someone says, or oh, how do you feel about the current coronavirus and people are like, mm. we don't want to talk about it. At least you ask the questions because it will get other people thinking at least. as well why did Jimmy or Heinrich or whoever Peter or Sally ask that question yeah
1: I think don't be afraid to ask why just to say the word why yeah and do it around the dinner table do it in your friendship circle Mm. Um, we don't all have to be not that I'm saying I'm an intellectual we don't all need to be intellectuals but we asking yourself why and just asking yourself questions it's just I think it's just healthy for your own sense of self Yeah, that you find that I know what I know because I've done research about it and I'm comfortable in it, rather than just hearing it as a secondary source and accepting it. Yeah. I mean, if you don't don't like reading and you don't want to watch a YouTube video, just start the conversation with your peers. If you want, you can send me a Facebook message. We can talk about it. I'm open to talking about most things, I would say. Yeah, but really just, I think, talk about it. Talk about stuff. And just tying that back to the whole South African thing, mm. and I think I mentioned this right in the beginning, but if we're not going to ever talk about racism and why it's an issue, or we're not going to talk about why crime is such a big issue in South Africa, we're not going to resolve it. No. Because you can't try and fix a problem if you don't know what the causes are. Mm. So, yeah.
0: And I think, just touching on that, I, I always say, and I've mentioned this to you before, and a few of my friends before, I always say... I believe this not just of South Africa but of the world. Firstly yeah. that there's more people in this world and especially also in South Africa that want South Africa to work, that want oh, yeah. South Africa to to flourish than people who because obviously there are people who, have, who make bad polis, uh, decisions. We have bad politicians Definitely. like loads of other countries like as all well. Countries, yes. But I mean which which kind of makes it like a barrier barrier for us to to flourish as a country or yes. whatever. But I mean we shouldn't just look at that and and as I always say Hold your government accountable, hundred percent. And um, yeah. I mean, once again, go vote, register to vote, all those kind of things. Yes. Because that's your that's your voice. That's your
1: civic responsibility. Yeah. So yeah. I think
0: that that is that is very important to to do um, and and make sure. And the other thing I want to say is, with with reading and with starting the conversation, I think it's kind of like a buzz, kind of like a buzzword, kind of or buzz phrase at the moment. At the moment. Yes, but, but also that's... allow yourself your your opinions to be changed. It's very like current at the moment, but that thing just very. allow... You might think of one thing at, the, at one point, but then allow it for... As new information comes in, it's okay that your opinions change. You don't have to stick to one thing and yeah. be very... Unless it's, you know, I think something for sure. But I mean, no one... Very post postmodern kind of way of thinking,
1: but... Yeah, it is a bit. Changing your opinions based on new information that you get, new factual information... I would say is a sign of maturity. Mm. It's a mature way of thinking about things and acknowledging that you can be wrong about things. Most people are, yeah even the politicians that are in charge, they're wrong about a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, and it's just that thing. I think I shared it the other day on Facebook, actually, where it says normalize changing your opinions when presented with new facts. Yeah, it's just that. Um, don't be afraid to do that. I think it it does show maturity.
0: Why is it important? Because I mean, we've talked about this before. More and yeah. more young people just they can't be bothered about mm, politics, yeah. and I, I totally get that. Um, we want to be like, 100%. especially millennials, we want to be part of something bigger. We don't want to look into these kind of things. I mean, we've been we've been lied to so many times. We've been I mean, we see it all over. Not just in South Africa, not just in the UK.
1: Um, in America, everywhere, yeah.
0: people, younger people, do not vote or, or they do not even care about politics. Why is it important yeah. for for us to to care about politics? And also, a second question to follow that up with, um, why would you encourage, or not why would you encourage, but how would you encourage people to keep up with politics?
1: So, the reason why I think it's important is, and you've already actually answered this question for me, you said most people want South Africa to work, not just South Africans, but people overseas that you've talked to. Because it is such a, and I'm going to keep this strictly in a South African context, because mm. I feel like that's the most, comfortable way of speaking about it. But most people want South Africa to work. And what we get faced with on a daily basis is I would say very radical left and right wing politicians who voice their opinions and are the voices that we see representing people that look like this and people who look like that. Um, And that's all we really see. And we think as South Africans that this is normal. This is what Mm. all our fellow countrymen are thinking and feeling and how they vote. But if you go and look and you break it down, I don't think it's true. I think all South Africans, black and white, just want to live in a country that's safe and where they can get a good job. Yeah. Like those two things. All of us want that. And, I mean, the fact that we have that in common and not just that but so many other things shows that there's so much more that that is similar than what is dividing us Mm -hmm. and I think that's why it's just so important to be to be mindful of politics is that we need to be careful of you know what's out there and what people are trying to tell us and really just think to ourselves but is it true we always say that yes this is true lots of people want the same thing but when you look at who's voting this party is still winning and this party is growing but if you go and look at Like, how many people are not even registered to vote in South Africa? And I think it's something shocking. I think Mm. it's like 11 million people not even registered to vote. And if you go and add the people who don't even go and end up voting at the end of the day, it pushes it up to like 15 million. And the vast majority of those are young people. And if we wanted to all just stand together and vote for something that would push the country forward, we'd be in power We'd win something like sixty percent of the vote. Yeah. So that just shows you that somewhere something has gone wrong. I think maybe in the communication from political parties or just like the lack of representation out there. But it sounds so cliche, but we really have the power that at our be, fingertips to yeah, change yeah. things. I think we should just we should just take a step and get involved, mm-hmm. whether that be through activism. And I think we've seen with the past couple of weeks with Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. that's been in the news, how, even though that's something that's happening in the U.S., how the youth of South Africa have gotten involved in the debate. Yeah. And even before that, with Peace Must Fall, I think we do have this culture in South Africa that of youth activism, that we can stand up and talk about something when we feel that it really does affect us. Mm-hmm. So... It's time for us to do that with politics. We need to get involved, start getting organized, start getting involved in a political party because there's never going to be the ideal political party right. for you. There's not going to be a part... It's not a slice of pizza. It's not going to always satisfy your every single demand. Yeah. But there must be a political party out there for you that meets your needs. There's something like 40 in South Africa. Yeah. Which is a bit ridiculous on some. It's a bit ridiculous, but it's just showing you that somewhere out there, there is something for you.
0: But that's something I would start out with. Even if you like reading or not, that's not supposed to be an issue here. I feel like, and I mean, we're talking as if there's going to be a new election soon.
1: Well, there's local elections next year.
0: But I mean, at least go and usually on on the government website, they have everyone's manifestos at least just go read that even if you read yeah. let's say there's 40 if you read 20 half of them and decide on a party yeah. to, to vote for don't just go for the for the ones um you feel like okay they they might win or that actually try to throw your back yeah. behind someone that that's what i would say
1: yeah and make a bit of a informed decision about it so all the major parties in south africa have youtube channels mm-hmm. the anc the da eff good they all have youtube channels where they post videos and they actually explain a lot of their policies and what they believe in. And start with that. If you don't want to read something, put that on. Listen to it.
0: This is, I want to say, Politics 101 or Being a Good Citizen 101, actually. Not even Politics. I mean, just try to make an informed decision as far as you can. Talk to people once again. um, Read manifestos. Watch YouTube channels. Things like that. But very, once again, very short... For people who really want to get more into politics... Not specifically South African politics... But who wants to yeah. learn more about the basics of politics... What would you suggest? Like three things you would suggest?
1: Three things. Okay. So first of all, I would go onto YouTube. Go into the School of Life. They have a whole range of v- videos just about politics... Which teaches you the fundamentals. And in very short videos. So if you want... If you're wondering what capitalism is, if you're wondering what um, socialism, socialism is. is, all those Marxism. different. Marxism. They've got a video for every single one of those. Go on there, watch them. Number two, find TED Talks about it. There are brilliant TED Talks out there or even just speeches on, on YouTube. Um, type in Jacinda Ardern and listen to anything she says because she's brilliant and she's amazing. She should be president of the world and listen to her and just try and um try and take in some of that. And number 3, I think just just start reading a bit more not news as in very how do you call it breaking news, but yeah. but sort of opinion pieces, try and mm-hmm. get a whole more of those and read some of them. There are brilliant ones on News24 from a whole range of South African uh, political commenters. like Melanie Verwoerd, Ralph Mateka, even on the Daily Maverick, they've got really brilliant ones. If you're in the UK, The Guardian has really good opinion pieces. So go on there, read some of them. I think, again, even if you don't agree with it, it will just challenge what you know.
0: Yeah, and what you think, at least. Or just, yeah. Yeah. So, stepping off of that, and then we're going to go into the last section of our podcast. From the serious things. Three things that you feel people should know about South Africa. Three fun things.
1: Three fun things. So yeah, South Africa has three capital cities. That's number one. So we have um, Pretoria, which is our administrative capital, Bloemfontein, which is our judicial capital, and Cape Town, which is the now the word The Mother me. city, kind of. It's the yes, that's what they call it colloquially. But it also has anyway some kind of fancy some, of, some official <laughs> title. Number two. South Africa has 11 official languages which is pretty, pretty cool. Besides the 11 official ones, there's a whole range of other indigenous languages which actually have special status. So, I don't know if you know, but Urdu even has special status in South Africa and like our indigenous languages like the Sun languages. And number three, South Africa is seriously endowed in terms of mineral resources. Half of all gold that you see comes from south africa mm. half of all processed gold on earth comes from south africa and south africa is something like 80 percent of the world's platinum and rhodium and i don't even know what else but it's very seriously endowed in terms of mineral resources so i think yeah
0: i would just say just go google south africa and start watching youtube channels i think that if, if that doesn't convince you to go to south africa nothing else will okay so circling back all the way from yeah, from the politics in South Africa, which is great, and we can talk for hours about that. But just back to you and a few just fun things to the very end, so just yeah. the kind of dessert of the things, yeah, of the podcast, just to great. get to know you a bit better. Cool. Um, a few, a few things, and then just to make a bridge, I would start out with, um, "What's your favorite South African phrase?"
1: Probably "but." I love that word. But yeah. okay, what does that mean? Maybe. So it uh, means brother. So okay. it's like saying bro. What's yeah, up, bro? Yeah, yeah. Brother. I just, <laughs> brother. I just like the word, but. I don't think I use it a lot, but but. One that I use a lot would be lacquer. I
0: lacquer. Just, yeah, lacquer. which is, which can't, can't you be translated. You can't
1: translate It's just like, it's something that's amazing, but also not.
0: Yeah. Okay. What What would you say is one of the best books to read?
1: Americana from Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie.
0: Okay. Um, And what would you say is one of the best movies to watch?
1: The Grand Budapest Hotel.
0: Okay. And um, what makes you really happy? Food. What makes you cry?
1: Um, Sad songs. Sad songs? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Then if you had to go back to your younger self, what would you tell yourself?
1: Stop taking everything so seriously.
0: So as you know, I would like to give my guests um, each uh, the guests my guests the opportunity to name the episode. So the podcast name is the Untold Tales of Strangers, but the episode name I want something to reflect to you. So please complete the sentence: Is as in the Untold Tales of
1: the Untold Tales of a healthy South African patriot.
0: Great. So that brings us to the end of our conversation. It was great. I think it was a very good go. It was really go. Good. Um, It was very interesting to me and it was just fun having a conversation. Yeah, I hope, fun. well, whoever listens to it, great. But I would want to give you the opportunity,
1: is there anything you would like to plug? Shameless plug time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so I've also got a, not a podcast, a blog. Um, it's called Sapphire Travel Blog. It's on my social media. Maybe you can just put the links in yeah. the description. But it's, if you Google Sapphire Travel Blog, .com, you'll get it. Um, other things that I would want to plug is I'm busy with a step challenge at the moment.
0: Oh yeah, I'm also busy with that. <laughs> uh,
1: Jimmy's in my team. So if you can go onto our page, have a look, donate if you are willing. Otherwise, just go have a glance. Um, other things that are plugs that I think people should be aware of or just like go and have a look at is if you're living in Johannesburg, go and support micro adventures they do really good tours in and around johannesburg of Heelbrow of all sorts of things really cool um
0: even if you're south african i think that's also very nice to yeah you, i though. mean i used
1: to go on them and yeah. i would learn so much about about johannesburg which was really cool if you're listening to this in the uk and you're thinking about going to south africa go get into contact with micro adventures they even do personal trips for small groups um and they'll take you around sides of johannesburg that you don't really ever see or hear of in the news. Like I already mentioned, but if you're interested in politics or anything sort of uh, intellectual, yeah. go on to the School of Life. The they YouTube. are great. They're great. They're based in the UK, but they have videos about art, about music, anything but you can relationships, think of. Relationships. Very good, very good videos. Very, very good videos just to challenge yourself. And I think that was a common theme in this co- podcast, challenge your thinking. Go and give them a listen. And also, if you're a South African, I just want to ask you, please, can you go onto Netflix? All of you, if you've got Netflix. And watch South African shows. Go and watch Queen Sono. Go and watch Blood and Water. I haven't actually watched Blood and Water, so that's next on my list. But we need to start supporting our homegrown things more. And that actually counts for anything. If you've got Spotify, listen to South African artists. Because if their viewership grows, they get more money, which means better products can come out in future So I think it's just as much as voting, it's your civic duty. So go and do that. Yeah, and I think that's it. And just, yeah, thanks for the chat. I really...
0: Yeah, it was nice. I think, I I hope you really enjoyed it. I did. Thank you for tuning in today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast. All links, recipes and extra information can be found on the website untoldtales.org or follow the show on Instagram and Facebook. Also, if you can think of someone who would also like this podcast, please share it with them. Until next time. Bye bye.